Welcome to your digital reputation. Here's your host, Roger Christie. Hello, and thanks for joining us. My name's Roger Christie, founder of digital reputation advisory firm, Propel. And today we're exploring a very topical issue for leaders and professionals in the reputation space. And that is, can digital participation drive trust in leaders and boards ESG programs. And look, while the essence of ESG, and that's environmental, social, and governance, corporate governance, or the goals that an organization works towards for the greater good beyond just shareholder profit, it's not a new concept, but it is arguably a bit of a buzzword right now. In fact, Google searches for ESG have increased tenfold in just the past four or five years, and even 20-fold over the past decade. There's immense investor and stakeholder interest in what organizations are doing around ESG, particularly whether they're walking the talk. And as our guest for today's show explains on her website, how companies respond to ESG issues has a direct impact on the commercial bottom line. It can, in essence, make or break you today. And I would argue the actions of leaders carry as much weight as the organizations themselves. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome both a friend and genuine authority who regularly advises CEOs and boards on these issues in her role as partner at Horizontus Corporate Advisory. She's a BNT Women in Media PR Leadership Award winner, a fellow of the Public Relations Institute of Australia, and an inaugural Walkley Foundation Women in Media mentor. A big welcome to the Your Digital Reputation podcast, Ness Lyle. Thanks for joining us, Ness. Thanks so much for having me today, Raj. I'm really looking forward to this discussion. As am I. And so let's let's dive straight in. In your opinion, do you see that digital participation can drive trust in leaders and boards ESG programs? In short, absolutely. Communication is essential to driving trust in brands fundamentally. And the role that leaders play in that is equally significant. I think a couple of dynamics are at play. I mean, the rise of digital has been... um, an ongoing challenge for brands in terms of how they address their communication program, how they use it, how they engage with it. But I think it's fair to say over the last two years with COVID, uh, we've covered nearly 10 years growth in 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 those two years in the way that consumers are using digital, their um, availability online, they're accessing it, the channels that they use. So we are really entering a whole new world of the role that digital communication plays in the way consumers engage. I think we've seen another dynamic uh, that is was relevant re- before the pandemic, but even more so now. Um, and it was named by the head of, of the World Health Organization that we're actually not facing a pandemic, we're facing an infodemic. And what he meant by that was a huge volume of information out there that consumers are having to work through. And I think over the last two years, we all probably agree a lot of that information you can't trust. So it is even more critical now for those two reasons that brands have a presence online firstly, and secondly, that they think really deeply about how they use that presence, uh, both to build trust in their organisation, to build the profile of the people that are leading those organisations and to engage their audiences and their customers, consumers, stakeholders um, to connect with their organisation because um, it's a very competitive landscape. It's a very challenging landscape. Um, There's a lot of misinformation out there and you are the custodian of your brand. So, um, 
um, you have the only opportunity you have really is to speak for yourself. I think that's a really good point. And, and perhaps bringing both those ideas that you've raised there together, you talked about COVID and how it was really that driver of, as you say, I think it was 10 years in the space of two. So it has seen that massive and, and I would argue irreversible shift in customers or consumers and, and their expectations and their behaviours around digital consumption. And the other thing, of course, is where exactly they're going for that information, the infodemic that you raise there. And what I find interesting about that is perhaps pre-pandemic, there was a perception that traditional sources of authority would be the place where people would go to get information. And as you rightly point out, the internet is rife with mis and disinformation. So the battle is not necessarily about authority. It's about accessibility. And we know from things like the Edelman Trust Barometer, from things like Brunswick Connected Leadership Report, these all point to a fundamental truth, which is people want to hear from people. They want to hear from those that, you know, uh, that are living and breathing rather than faceless entities per se. So with that in mind, perhaps, what do leaders and, you know, their organisations, what do they stand to gain when they fly that ESG flag personally? online. Yeah, absolutely, Rog. I think ESG is the focus today, but I don't think it's any different from all of the areas that brands need to look at in terms of uh, how they build their brand reputation and how they build trust. And ESG uh, literally puts words around um, what matters anyway, is what's the purpose of a brand? Why do you exist? And what impact are you going to have on the world beyond uh, the commercial returns? So there's lots of language that's been used for that, for the history of, I guess, some commercial one. What's now become really critical is the challenges that we face um, as an economy, as a society, and um, from an environmental perspective. What digital has done is increase the immediate accountability of brands and it's provided a platform for stakeholders, for shareholders and for customers to get the transparency around how brands are operating. And that transparency um, is driving a completely different dynamics. Consumers do care about what you do, about how you behave when it comes to the impact on the environment, um, on long-term sustainability, on the way that you engage with people and the way that you treat your people and also um, the quality of your governance. Uh, and what digital enables people to do is get a lot of information about that. They want to look at your supply chains. They want to look at where you source your products from. They want to look at um, how your employees discuss the, the management of the company or their experience with that, that company. So what leaders are facing is huge amounts of stakeholder opinion and other opinion out there about their brands. Um, and what the opportunity, though, is, is to have that view to speak for themselves. So it is important, like in any communication, to consider the share of voice and the balance of that voice. And it couldn't be more important at this point in time for brands to really think about what assets and capabilities they have within their own organisation. That includes their corporate communication, their marketing and um, the traditional functions, but also who are the people within their organisation, including their leaders 
leaders um, and how are they going to articulate the purpose, the uh, operations of the business, what matters to them and what they stand for. And as you say, um, people trust people. So they want to, and, and in a world where we're overloaded with information, with platforms, with brands, with media, um, with access to all sorts of information, um, people will look at the, the the quality, I guess, of the the brand um, and what they the trust they have in that brand. But then they will also look at the people behind that brand and and what they bring to it. So it's really interesting there because you're you're painting what seems to be, and again, I'm trying to put my shoes in in uh, or put myself in the shoes of our listener. You're painting what appears to be quite a broad and and very dynamic environment there. One that you know there's multiple actors here that are doing things that are beyond our control, perhaps whether that's external to the organisation or internal, uh, which may be daunting. But I think what I'm keen to try and unpack here is if you've got people looking. And, and digital provides the, the environment for people to look and find information. And you've got an environment like social media, which is somewhat uh, unpredictable and very fast moving. Can organisations control that narrative today? And, and what role do leaders play in doing that? Is, is it possible to control that narrative and build trust as you're talking about? No, I don't think you can control the narrative, but I mean, I think you can certainly participate and influence it. And the real risk that leaders and organisations face now is inertia. And so, you know, what we do see sometimes when the environment is really difficult, that um, people don't know what to say and then they say nothing. And that leaves a vacuum that enables others to start to fill that. So the biggest challenge um, and the biggest risk for brands is not, not to have an active strategy. Now, what you say and where you choose to participate um, is up to you, but what is really clear is you can't do nothing in this environment. And um, I think we've seen plenty of examples of where brands haven't, and um, that is the fastest way to, to lose any control or influence over the narrative, or probably more importantly, to create an environment where um, the facts are wrong, where there's misinformation, um, and where you know you're you're not able to to um, share the the positive information about what your brand is is doing, or have those relationships that you need to um, to be able to continue in a sustainable way not taking a position is taking a position, right? So I think silence and inertia, as you say, is not the best strategy. Look, we, And I think if we can try and maybe reference some examples that, that listeners might be familiar with as well, because I always find that useful to say, well, when has this happened? When has this played out? And what were my recollections of that? And look, there have been any number. We've already talked about, I suppose, COVID as one of those overarching um, clouds, if we can call it that, that has impacted a lot of communications over the past few years. But things like uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, the Me Too movement and other gender equality movements, and even the response around COP26 and, and climate change generally. And, and in fact, I think that's a good one to drill into a little bit. From our side, from Propel's side, we were observing a lot of official statements, a lot of media releases, web papers, that sort of thing, talking about sustainability targets off the back of COP26. But, but then you'd head over and you'd look at a, a CEO's LinkedIn profile or a Twitter profile and you'd find that, you know, they haven't actually posted anything personally for over two years. What, what sort of message does that, as you said, that silence, that inertia, what sort of message does that send not only to investors or shareholders but also to staff and future talent that you're trying to attract in an organisation? Well, I think 
it comes back to the fundamentals of, of good communication and uh, people are looking for human interaction, they're looking for a personality, they're looking for a point of view, they're looking for authenticity. So when we talk about inertia, I think certainly in an environment where things are incredibly complicated, where they're very political, um, where there's a lot of crisis going on, where there is a lot of impact, um, there is, you know... A, a, among boards and executive teams, a, a fair bit of fear in terms of which way do I step and if I step into this, what are the ramifications going to be and how do we deal with that? Now, that is all understandable, but also no one's got the answer um, to the complete answer to ESG. I mean, I think the what it, what is required of companies is that um, they're making an effort to understand the risks, to understand the regulations, that they're putting things in place both in the short and the medium and the long term to address those, um, that they recognise that it is going to be um, – there are immediate requirements, but there are also going to be a long-term project for everyone to address these within companies. So um, I, it's hard to say that that at any point in time there's nothing to say. So you know, for for those leaders, it's really about looking at well, you know, what are we doing? What can we say? Where can we start to have some commentary around the areas that we have expertise in or that we're addressing proactively, and um, there is always, you know, something something positive to say. You don't always need to have the complete answer. You don't have to need the whole plan. And I think it would be um, dishonest for anyone to say that they've got that at the moment. But I think what people are looking for is they're looking for hope. Um, they're looking for effort. They're looking for genuine um, commitment. Um, they're looking for acknowledging mistakes and for addressing them. Um, and they're looking, you know, for an authentic relationship. And if we look at the definition of um, communications of, of public relations, it's really the relationship between an organisation and and its stakeholders. Um, and as you know, relationships require quite a lot of layers um, to make them genuine, to make them real, and, and leaders play a really important part in that. I want to pick up on that authenticity piece because I do think it's a really key one. And maybe this is slightly tangential, maybe, but we often talk to clients about this idea of digital footprints. And I think what ESG has done, and as you say, it really does extend beyond that. And this is not a new concept, but what it has done is, I suppose, shone a light on the decisions and the positions that people do take. When you look at this idea of digital footprints and the path that you've trodden online to get to where you are today, it's very easy to either back up or reinforce and on the flip side, discredit any claims someone's making in the present based on what they've said in the past. So I'm guessing leaders, as you said, they need to be authentic. They probably need to be genuinely passionate about the specific issues or causes that they're focusing on at a corporate level. How important is it that those personal passions and values of a leader align with an organization's ambitions around ESG in, in, in your opinion? Well, I think, I mean, that's a that's a, a, a complicated question and I don't know if I have a particular answer for that in terms of ESG because it depends very much on the nature of the company. What I can say um, is uh, I th that the leader is, um, you know, does provide a, a significant 
part of the the organisation. So um, their own personal beliefs, their passions, um, their drive behind the organisations, the values that they bring to it is why they're in that role. So it is really critical in their communication and in their participation um, in representing the brand that they're able to express those. Um, And I I don't want to avoid the question because, um, you know, obviously ESG is a, a particular a particular part of that but I think it's much more than that I think it's why does the organization exist what do we believe in what's the impact that we're um, going to have on the world um, if our vision is successful and what role do I play in that and I think going back to something you said before I, I see a link there in that that vulnerability if I can call it so authenticity yes but the, but the vulnerability of leaders to say you know maybe I don't have a specific answer to this right now and I don't also have a position on this and what we've seen that has been quite effective is leaders who recognize as you're saying they are the heart of the organization they're driving things forward it is not only their responsibility to talk it's also their responsibility to empower and to enable. And so in that case, if I am not the best placed person to have a certain conversation because of my experience, because of my views, because of whatever, am I able to elevate others into that spotlight, so to speak, digitally, so that they can have a voice and so that those opinions are heard? Because the organisation is not the sum of one. It is very much the sum of the, the entire workforce. So perhaps there's some truth in that, that leaders in being vulnerable, in being authentic, should also look to elevate others um, to, to take up the, the fight or take up the battle around some of these issues when they are better placed to do so. Yeah, absolutely. But I think also, you know, we are entering an extremely challenging period, uh, but also it's incredibly exciting, you know, and the flip side of it, the, the challenges we face are uh, causing huge amounts of innovation, huge amounts of creativity, huge amounts of speed, around issues that, um, you know, were, were seeming to take decades that are now being addressed at a much, much faster pace. Um, when we look at the drive behind renewable energy around the um, reduction of fossil fuels, when we look at the innovation, the technology innovation um, in Australia to address some of those problems is hugely exciting. So I think, you know, for organisations to be able to harness uh, their workforces um, in the same way that a leader should around their values, around their passions, around their drivers, around what matters to them and align that to the purpose of the company, then that provides a, a really exciting contribution to what is a really important debate. And I think when we talk about digital um, And online communication, it's really just a platform for what's happening anyway. So really, um, the the, the main hurdle for organisations is what type of conversations are you having among your leadership, among your boards, among your own community, and how can you contribute those um, to the broader landscape, which is um, what we all need at the moment. We need ideas, we need energy, we need solutions. Um, You know, we need honesty, we need authenticity. And um, I think getting comfortable with frameworks to be able to empower people to participate in those conversations um, is what a a modern and progressive contemporary organisation would be. Yeah, fantastic. And and one of the things that you touched on just before that that perhaps I can um, go back to now is around just how complex these circumstances often are. And you talk about things like supply chain. So I agree with you, the world wants hope right now and we certainly need more of it. And that's why we're, we're all about good leadership amplified. We want to see the good story shared and then see that positivity shared. 
but it is often a very nuanced and very complicated topic. You, you only need to look at the debate around superannuation or um, the use of investment levers. That, that sort of discussion. It is not black and white. So when you've got an environment like social media that's you know not necessarily known for being patient and, and a considered environment for conversation, how do you think leaders, and, and I think particularly Ness, given your view across the communication spectrum, perhaps how, how can leaders and organisations set themselves up for, for success around these complex issues when entering the discussion online? And how does that differ from other channels? If it does differ, you know, is digital, does it need to be treated differently because of that complexity, because of that speed? Or do you think, no, no, it's about being consistent across the board? I think that's a great question and it really comes back to, you know, good communication infrastructure. So really the way you participate should just be an extension of um, your overarching corporate communications strategy, um, which should also include, you know, that opportunity to encourage and empower your leaders to to share a view within that. But um, it is surprisingly not always in place in in many organisations and that's where they struggle. So if I look at the basics, it's really about, you know, defining what you stand for. So ensuring that the brands really understand you know, that they are able to define that and articulate it clearly in a way that people can understand. Um, It's also about getting a story you can tell about your company. So, moving beyond that corporate brand positioning, but also getting language around it so you can tell the story of who you are, what you stand for, um, you know, why you exist, what, what engagement you have with those stakeholders. Companies should have issues and risk mitigation. So, um, you know, it is an investment to do that in advance to scenario plan and to think about what's ahead of you. Um, but the the time spent being able to do that um, in advance is what saves what saves um, the reputation in a crisis. It's not something that you can do that you can do in hindsight. Unfortunately, the other things that are really critical for that setting up is um, is you know, is thinking about your business strategy. And I think one of the important trends that we've seen in Australia over the last 12 months is that we've seen the rise of the chief sustainability officers sitting on the executive team and the board team. And what's critical about that is that those strategies are increasingly not ancillary strategies, but the strategy for the organisation. So, you know, communicators can only do so much. Um, The thing for leaders really at the moment is, have you got a strategy around ESG and is that central to your business strategy and and all your operations. I really like that and I'm I'm also thinking if it helps people listening the some examples that they might want to go and have a look at um, that I suppose put into practice what you're describing you know people that come to mind for me are seeing recently IKEA's response to what's happening in Ukraine and in Russia having a look at someone like Jesper Broden there and seeing how he has his that that consistency that not being built after the crisis, so to speak, that people first, purpose-led approach is a, is a constant through his messaging. Likewise, you know, if we look closer to home, people like Mike Cannon-Brooks at Atlassian, it, that, that story, that narrative for him started many, many years ago. I think he says through his imposter syndrome uh, video, he start, it started a bit by accident, but he certainly, that there's consistency there, Ness, that you're describing. It's not trying to jump on things as they're unfolding. Um, it's absolutely working out that core purpose and making sure it is consistent throughout. So I'd encourage people 
people to go and have a look at, at those two at the very least to see how they um, project those values through their individual actions online. Yeah, look, they're great examples. And I'd probably just add to that as well, Rog, um, in putting that communication infrastructure in place. It's also about aligning all your stakeholders. So back to your question, is it just digital? Well, no, it's not any channel, but what you can't have is different strategies for different channels. What you really need is to get those fundamental things in place, agree who you are, agree um, who your stakeholders are, what relationship you want to have with them, what you need to be communicating with them, what matters to them um, in terms of building that relationship, building that reputation, and then um, really thinking about how that plays along all your channels and aligning them because I, I do see many organisations losing um, value from their communication because they haven't got a strategic approach to how they go about it. So, so there's some really good advice there and very practical advice, I would say, Ness. I'm just wondering, perhaps for that audience that you mentioned before, who's the one I feel like is hearing this and going, oh, where do I go next? The ones who are maybe fearful of the ramifications of online. What, what, what would your what are the two or three very practical steps those leaders and boards can take if they're trying to work out, you know, how do we go about approaching this well? How do we go about building that alignment? Where do you think it starts? What are those two or three steps? Uh, Thanks, Rog. I think my advice comes more broadly to leadership at the moment and that firstly starts with courage. It takes a lot of courage to be in a leadership position and I think any leader will tell you you can't shy away from the challenges ahead of you. So that first is the courage to recognise that this is the world that we're living in and it's going to require um, participation in an online environment. And the second thing is investment and effort. So um, there is enormous return in putting investment upfront in um, what your communication strategy is, in having a good understanding around the channels, in ensuring that you get the, the, the data, the monitoring, the insight that you require to be able to participate actively um, and in a way that you are confident um, of the impact that you're having. And I guess um, using skilled communicators around you to be able to support and help you um, do that. And um, if I could say taking their advice as well. A very good point. <laughs> There's no point sharing it if no one's listening, right? Um, look, this is this has been really helpful. I've, I've certainly found it very interesting, Ness, and I'm sure those listening on too. If people have questions or encouragements from today's show, what's the best way to reach you? Absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn via Orizontos' website or, um, you know, very easy to access through all digital channels. So, Very good. You're flying the flag online. Ness, thank you so much for joining me on Your Digital Reputation. That's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Rog. Thanks again for listening. If you've learned something from today's conversation, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with others. For all show notes, head to propelgroup.com.au. Thanks again for listening.